Hello, Song and Sound. Welcome to episode three. It will be all about intimacy. That was a completely inadvertent rhyme. But you know, I'm fine with it. I'm chilling. I'm gonna look stupid in this outfit. I just slipping on my burk, slipping and sliding. Heading out the door, little book in hand. Woo, a real crossover episode. Oh, the sky looks sick, honestly. The clouds are backlit by the sunset in a really funky way. And they're moving so slowly that I feel like I just... Oh my god. Moving so slowly and I'm walking the opposite way of how they're moving, so it looks like they're like going back and forth a little bit. Maybe I need to drink water. <laughs> ah, crazy having visions about the clouds again. You know how it goes. Um, anyway, we're gonna just like go right into this, walking around my neighborhood, being as loud as I always am, because we have to have a filter sometimes. Uh, hey geese, they are landing. What the? F- that was terrifying. They looked insane on that land, like properly. Wow, just feet out, like. I was a little afraid they were going to attack me. I was getting ready to run. That's the pause. A little hectic encounter to start us off. Uh, but I was wanting to get right into it and talk about how after my last relationship that I um, ended before going to London. In, I went to London in January 2022. Uh, <laughs> um, but I decided to embark upon a year of celibacy. You know, there is a few flukes, but we we forgive that because honestly, like, majority, like, I, I did pretty well. <laughs> um, but it was also, we're taking it in the Walden, the, the Thoreau approach where his year at Walden Pond, he wasn't really alone. Like, there was still, like, a community only a mile away, but it was still, like, just going in that mentality, kind of approach, that lens for the year. And that's what made all the difference. But it was crazy. This one this is going to sound fucking cheesy. But I literally did not know intimacy until I embarked upon the celibacy journey. Um, and I, Leah's Field Notes just did a video where she talks about her own year of celibacy. Um, and I think she does a good job especially in the beginning of the video, explaining like the kind of effects and the kinds of ways that you just question what you've consumed and how you've participated in like sexual relations. What a, what a weird phrase. It sounds like an exchange of goods. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had just been in so many back-to-back relationships, just not, hadn't really been single since I started dating like as a what, sophomore in high school. Um, and it got to the point that like I just kept I would get into relationships too soon after and it became almost like avoidant so I had just never processed or worked through my issues and I really I don't think it reared its head because I in the in that last relationship which is I think it's always referred to it as like probably one of the healthiest relationships I've been romantic relationships um but it was just like I just knew that I couldn't keep, I just felt like I was rolling and just like kept doing it and I just really wanted to 
face it and that's why it was such a big revelation to me when I like last week or whenever I said it that I was like oh like I feel like I'm caught up on all of these effects like I'm caught up I'm in a place of neutrality um, not reactionary and like oh I'm free or oh this is the trenches it's just cool or it's it's giving I forgot that you existed by Miss Taylor Swift on her lover album um, just simple neutrality um, for those that I felt I, there was wrongdoing done <laughs> uh, rather than the good times. Because I think it's nice to, even if a relationship is difficult, the good times aren't a reason to stay, but it's still, I think it's important. Or like, I think it's nice to remember that you felt that way, you felt that strongly about anybody. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not, it's not now. <laughs> and it's not forever. It's a moment in time. But besides the point, I, with the year of celibacy, I really wanted to focus, honestly, not even on just like deconstructing my relationship with sexual things. Um, although that was a big part of it, I do feel as I've pretty consciously my entire life questioned it just because that's kind of the result of going through sexual abuse at a young age is that you are just always going to question it always if you have a fragile relationship and I was lucky enough to go to therapy I can talk through things and then just be have like a more critical lens of the kind of like blind faith that people have specifically in like pornographic images not just pornography but like the image what we pervert what we find perversion is um so I feel like I'd always done a pretty good job of that but I hadn't ever really detached I still felt like I need to keep up and to participate and so having the decision to take a year off essentially especially like I'm still so young I thought wait I'm so bad with age so if that was 22 I was 20 then um so still very young especially to start that kind of journey but I was like I'm just gonna take this time and I was moving to a new city where I needed to make friends or wanted to but I think needed to I think as people like we need other people but I just do. Oh, it's a puppy. I don't know. Um, so I really wanted to focus on my friendships, but especially like friendships with other women, because even though like I'm pansexual and I couldn't have liked women, it's not like I. I just wanted to tap into that feminine side as we've discussed more, not necessarily that all women are feminine but just that shared experience of that comes with the perception of being seen as women and just that kind of like under I just wanted to kind of relish in the safety of understanding of what it's like to always have to have your guard up and always try and be playing it safe um, and just find peace there specifically in a year where it's it should be a time of peace you know or that was like the goal this thing that has like plagued me for most of my life this like I diagnosed with PTSD like that trauma <laughs> over and over again is trying to like give it as little a chance to rear its head as possible and I thought that I could find sanctuary with 
other woman, and I did. It's some of my best friends ever, and they mean the world to me. Just in general friendships, and luckily, it happens to be mostly women. One second later, fact. And I think something that can be really off-putting for a lot of people trying to find similar community and social groups. So if like whatever social group you relate to, if you find that like you're someone that doesn't often have friends within your own like social groups, and I'm not saying to just stay there, but if you just, if it seems like you got no friends there then, or you only have a certain kind of friend, I'm saying if <laughs> in particular, I've met a lot of people where they will not be a white man and have a lot of white male friends and you gotta question where that comes from like why are you needing to find approval in this and it is exactly that it's people that like if you are in any kind of marginalized group i've talked about this before you always have some kind of subconscious ticker of like i have to act this way to be perceived as like to either to, to be safe essentially to control a perception according to whatever they may think you have to just understand you have to be a step ahead and so on the one hand that could be like practice or just showing that you've done a good job it could be a exception hello accepting sorry acceptance is what i was trying to say and then the doorbell spoke to me um just like the clouds oh my god i'm kidding <laughs> one of the ring doorbells is just crazy far um, notification abilities. It must be so annoying for the people in there. I don't, really don't know why they do that. Um, me projecting my own standards onto somebody and assuming they're annoyed. Crazy. But it's... Again, why... Again, like, the friendships, like, where I talk about, I don't, I just don't base mine off of respect like that. Like, I will respect my friends' decisions, but it's not, that's not the basis of how we understand one another. And so it's just a very, like, status hierarchical, like, uh, tokenizing dynamic that I, I don't know, kind of question. And I've always had, like, strong friendships with other women, but I just really wanted to, like, lean into that. Meet new people. All of that. So it is what I did. And I think what I was trying to say initially before I got even a little bit sidetracked, is that um, I think a lot of people will fear going into groups where you aren't the one like always guessing their move because if you're always thinking about someone else's terms, you never have to be vulnerable. You never have to like let yourself be known and you will never develop a close relationship. There's the whole concept that um, there is no intimacy without conflict. And that's why people always talk about how they specifically say in romantic relationships, it's like the first big fight is how it kind of like sets a tone and you just have to understand how you work through things as a duo. But I think it's just a big thing in general, how you resolve conflict with a friend and how you kind of keep showing up for them even when the selves have been hurt in some way within the dynamic. And that's just more likely going to happen if you actually show up and you're more likely to actually show up with people that have understood a similar struggle. And it's not to say that's not possible with people of different groups. I'd say the opposite, but it'll never be quite so close to home. Or you could just always play the card of like, 
I have to be on my toes. And so with like friendships with men, regardless of any other intersectional identity, I'm just always gonna feel a little on my toes. You know, there's a lot of aspects or lots of kinds of people where I'm just always gonna feel like I have to keep an extra barrier because of like certain privileges that you can hold on to. And I'm always aware of like my own privileges with other, like with my friendships as well, because I'm very privileged and I'm very cognizant of that. So that's why you always have to like, if you are someone where you know that you could potentially be the problem or the one that people feel they have to like keep an eye out for, or, like test essentially then like always have space like hold space except criticism like it's not hard there's like intimacy and that kind of vulnerability as well on both sides but it does require actually like letting your guard down and not just participating for the sake of showing how good your mask is you know (laughs) like so i'm gonna read my notes really fast Okay, so I kind of got into the next section a bit. Um, yeah, because you just... Oh, more people. But I... Oh, gosh. Sorry, this transition's messy. I'll get better. Um, but I guess a good kind of cap on that part about why... Okay. Messy, I'm so sad. This is so... Ooh, I'm letting go of the embarrassment. And take a breather instead of like plowing through it worse and worse. But to me, like a big topic of conversation has been the idea of like being a girl's girl, which again to me is like a gender neutral thing. That's the kind of approach I take, where it's just that just means to me that you're showing up, you're not performing continuously. Like if you're just in a group of people and you're constantly performing for whatever man or whatever yeah whatever man is there and you're not like you're just kind of egging on stereotypes you're egging on these false perceptions you're like goading interest always trying to be an object of like attention of attraction keyword like you're trying to be an object you're just openly objectifying yourself and kind of putting down other women um i support women i support women's rights and women's wrongs Like, that's not being a girl's girl. That's being lame as fuck, actually. Um, Just saying. So being a girl's girl is just, like, always being open to the women in the room, kind of, like, calling people out when they deserve it, essentially, and not putting up with stereotypical bullshit all the time. And honestly, like, because, like I said, it's kind of a, like, it is a gender-neutral thing to be a girl's girl, that can be seen as like a feminine acceptance to me is just like being open and I say feminine acceptance in particular because it's with these kind of power structures being upheld it's all under the patriarchy so it is very masculine concept but again regardless of gender regardless of anything you can uphold a patriarchy you can uphold masculine values even by playing into femininity and on the other side by like having a false layer of interest by falsely being a girl's girl, again, regardless of gender, you can weaponize femininity 
and make people feel comfortable and then suddenly like switch up on them you know so kind of kind of rough but again going back to why some people kind of like will fear close relationships just in general regardless of my identity um I kind of wanted to call back to episode two of this season the jigsaw one and there's this is crazy the 1975 lyric where they say um oh fuck as soon as I <laughs> I just wrote like the 1975 lyric I didn't actually write out the lyric I can usually do it by heart but now that it's not flowing so naturally it's hard um but it's about wanting to control how you're perceived when at best you're intermediately versed in your own feelings and I think that's perfect because that's what a lot of people do is they'll push others away they'll try and make some distance by always having a guard up not only so that they don't have to be vulnerable with this other person but even more than that so they don't have to actually look at how they're feeling because they're like oh I just had to stay safe like it doesn't matter how I feel kind of always pushing that down never really having to confront that um so yeah you're just always if you're always trying to control the puzzle if you're always in any like social situation trying to game how it's laid out how like you're the one putting in more effort all the time then um it's like a later effect. then it kind of becomes like you're they have to watch what you're doing so much in your shared space that they won't even look at you as an individual and so it's a means of like just hiding um, in plain sight almost. It's kind of how funky. Um, but you know, and it means that probably it could also, this is a little extreme, but it could be a means of like, I, I mean, ultimately, all trying to gain control in one way or another. Which just means that the other person is never allowed to interact and you're just playing this whole big game with yourself, like, literally alone. But, yeah. Ah, it's crazy. It's caught myself out. There's, so many, there's been so many relationships where I'm playing a game alone with myself. There's only been, like, one, one time where I was just excited to build. I mean, and at the start of any relationship, like, that's presumably why you get into it, because you're just excited to, like, build something with this other person, and it's okay if that doesn't work out, because, like, you built something cool. There's, like, that's why I think it's important to note the important moments in time that were special, because that's what you built. That's what you were working for, and there's so, 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 <laughs> you don't have nearly as many of those moments as you think you do in life, and so it's okay to treasure them. And for me, it's okay to look back on them even though I'm someone that tries to just be, like, very present. Uh, so, yeah, but it was just one time where I felt like a sustained desire <laughs> to keep building. And, yeah, but the thing is, some, even if there's always a desire to build, people can still wrong you. It doesn't have to, because most relationships fall apart because I'm in there alone trying to game things and then it's not a real relationship because I'm in there trying to game things um yeah but then you can finally be vulnerable and then bam they say karma this person's gonna do something shitty and then you're like no oh my god why would you do that 
Um, so then you still got to stick to your guns, and then you got to learn how to stay open. You got to choose to stay open. You got to choose, because at the end of the day, everything you do, you're choosing to do it. If you're closed, it could become a habit, but then you're choosing it out of habit, not choosing it because you're choosing it. So many things we do is that it's just out of habit. It's not because we really still resonate with it. Keep questioning, question everything. Woo. <laughs> um, yeah, that was most of my notes, but a little side note because it wouldn't be me without a side note. Um, but after the last episode, <laughs> I was thinking a lot about like people kind of as fragments. And it's really interesting because I've done a lot of like deep dives onto influencer pages just to like see how they've changed over the years because I think that's kind of interesting how people stay like relevant, if you will, if they were so representative of a moment in time, other than as a callback years later, like with how um, like Kate Moss, always famous. I also love that like phrase just in general <laughs> where it's like this moment or this person, like you'll always be famous to me. And it's just that idea of like pervasive relevancy, <laughs> like that's crazy. Uh, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like you have to constantly translate to whatever your audience moves to in terms of a next aesthetic or a next movement of sorts. And sometimes like this field splits. So then how do you go? Where do you go from there? Can you return? Will the audience come back to a whole? Will that be conclusive? And that's why like popularity ebbs and flows because of how relatable it is in different times and what you adhere to. But then like the concept of the person just becomes how they're able to portray certain elements of style the best. <laughs> People are just like these very abstract moving parts and pieces on a body. And it gets so strange to think about. And I get so lost in those kinds of thoughts. Because even as like individuals, as people that are not perceived by a large group, as people who can never claim celebrity, um, even like below micro-influencer status, um, we're lowly. We're, the real peasants are the people with sub a thousand followers in this attention economy. <laughs> but we, we move. And that's why I have a podcast with six followers. Three, three followers, six listeners, I'm sorry. But you all slay. So you know what's up, even though it's probably just like my friends. But that's cool too. And yeah, so now there's just like a strange feeling. But it's one that hits me on occasion where I'm just everything feels sometimes <laughs> the stark contrast of everything being having its own deep rich history where that doesn't connect and we make it connect or it'll literally be like, oh, these parts of the houses make a house, but then each part comes from somewhere else in the world. And I feel so freaky sometimes. That is so jarring. <laughs> and, um, another thought somewhat related to both last episode and this one, my final note. Oh, there's gonna be a person if I go this way. I'm gonna change course, but I had to turn around. Kind of looks funny, but I'm talking. So maybe those believe I'm on the phone. Uh, but I never keep talking when I walk past, so then people are probably like, she's not on the phone. What was she doing? I don't know. So, um, but I was thinking about how, like, the sensing types for the MBTI, they, so with the last episode in particular, from my understanding, they'd be kind of people that just, like, are just focused on, like, 
obtaining the different elements and they're just focused on being able to communicate to the large group. Oh, the, oh no. I also about the Kanye quote where he's like, if you can communicate the product, you can sell the product. I like some, or the Gaga's the creative director of Polaroid. You know, I like some of the Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about Polaroid? Or cameras, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of just that thing, like if you can communicate it, so these people are very good at communication, but probably don't really understand why. And it's not that they couldn't, it's just like, it's not even something to care about because if you can communicate then like what's the point of like investigating the reason behind it you know and I think it's cool because that has the kind of like full circle moment where then I think it could be easy to say so open people which is something that I struggle with and you could have such beautiful meaningful relationships but then if you take it too far and you're just leaning into like communicating the objects then you could have the most superficial relationships possible. And I feel like it might be hard to have some kind of in-between as a person like that. But I think it could also just be, you could have, if you are on the side where it's more just, it allows you to be very open as a sensing type, then it'd be so cool to just be able to play with the world the way that they do. And I don't know, like just sights and sounds, they can be so abstracted without like, necessarily of consciousness or a deeper layer and sometimes it's beautiful to just play like that and that's something I've worked very hard to try and do for myself and whenever I am and there was a long time there was like two years where I was like damn maybe I'm an S uh, the answer is no because even at my most S that's still still very N and um, very intuitive but it's kind of cool too, how that can even become, how the binary becomes a whole, everything's a circle, false binaries everywhere. Because um, what I specifically did, this is not all planned, but there was like two years when I first moved to New York and I was like, I'm just gonna go on a walk every day and truly just like follow my gut about where I should go. And I was so lucky. I was like, oh, getting like the street style photographers, I would literally find money places, like it was, grand old time i was so lucky people at the bakery would give me free things it was, i was like whoa just because i listened to my intuition and that's when i was like the mo like there was no thoughts in the very forefront of my mind even though my papers are still very accessible uh train of thought but it wasn't just me constantly questioning where i was going i wasn't always at odds with myself i was just like no judgment just letting things flow and to me that's kind of how an s innately feels and I get how that could be completely frustrating because then it could be hard to tap into any layer of like criticism you know critique um, but it's fun to be able to move between those modalities so yeah love beams <laughs>